um, yeah, it, it, this has really been Jeff's and my heart all along is to just like discipleship is something we need, we really need to be doing. I mean, like I said last week, you know, I love when Bob Goff says, you know, I do this kind of stuff because it's what Jesus tells me to do. It's what I'm supposed to do, yeah. but also because it ends up bringing me so much more joy. And he wants to be, he says, and I love this line, I want to play. I want. I didn't just show up to sit on the sidelines. I came to play. And playing in life, playing in the Christian life, means you get out on the discipleship field and you're reaching out to people and you're sharing the good news because plan A is you and I. And, you know, what, what God decided, he wants to use us. Mm. I mean which is fun. I, I think, you know, we were on sabbatical not too long ago and just uh, just dedicating time to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just what is Jesus really trying to do? And there were, you know, he prayed a lot. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of healings. He taught a lot um, to bigger crowds and medium-sized crowds. But really, I think it's what really got the church to continue through Good Friday and beyond Easter I really think it was just going deep with 12 with 12 people that was really mm -hmm. i think i think all the healings and stuff people would have forgotten about it but there was such conviction with the people that he truly discipled um that it it persevered and i think that's the i mean he says go and make disciples one of his last commands you know of all the nations so yeah. it's important uh, absolutely well looks like if i'm not mistaken we are, are we doing? about two minutes away so um, it's the go time. Yeah, time down. Here, will you hold this so I can get? Oops. Oh yeah. <laughs> you want to pick that? Sure. Guess where I'm going? Oh, Mojo's looking at me through the glass door and wants to come in. <laughs> and then I, since I have one minute to spare, I'll go get him. Mm-hmm. I'll put my glasses on. You have your bespectacled discipleship hosts. You're just getting blind. <laughs> okay. All right. I just went to go let Mojo in, and I look out in the yard, and our other dog, Remy, is actually <laughs> chewing on a elk leg that yeah. he found. Yeah. Yummy. This is what happens in Colorado, guys. Mm. We have, like, <laughs> elk stuff always. I, they don't kill them. My dogs are, like... we don't think. Yeah, we don't think that uh, they can't kill them, but mm. when they come down, they find them and and eat them. So yes. I just wanted you to know that. That's It's mm -hmm. really critical to this process here. Um all right, well, we're going to go ahead and kick it off here, and I'm just going to go ahead, Jeff, and ask you to start us off with a prayer. Okay, you bet. So, Lord, um, we don't know who's watching. We don't know what's going on in their hearts, um, but we do know that your spirit is always acting, interacting, and um, Lord, we just pray that the, the words that uh, Michelle and I have to share today uh, they're truth. They're just, they're not our opinions um, that, that can be backed up with scripture, can be backed up by the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, just help us to keep it simple. Help us to uh, equip people to step into relationships in creative ways and fun ways uh, and lead them into truth and into joy, both now and in eternity. So uh, Lord, we're just praying for that. Uh, we're trusting you can deliver on that. And it's your son, Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, guys, um, Jeff and I are here really because we want you to live fully. We want you to experience the life that God has set out for you. We're here because we love you, and we truly believe that this is what's going to make the, the biggest difference. 
When you can keep your eyes focused on Jesus, when you can look upward and you start to live in view of eternity, it's so different. It was so cool because yesterday, a friend of mine, um, Sharon and I were doing a filming, a stretching workout down just by, our, by a creek and everything was so beautiful. And it was right near the end of our stretching. It was all about kind of worship and stretch. And I said to Sharon, who's fairly new to really having this relationship with Jesus, I said, Sharon, what would you say is kind of the biggest benefit plus, you know, whatever, mm. of this faith? And she said, almost instantly, she said, that I walk differently. I have more confidence. I care less what people think about me because the truth is the guy who created all this that we're looking at and everything, he loves me. He thinks I'm his masterpiece. He thinks I'm beautiful. Mm. I'm forgiven. And she just went on and on about how much it's meant to her that her, that just the way she looks at herself mm. and the way she goes out into the world's different. And you know what? There are so many people who need to mm. hear this. They mm -hmm. need to know how beautiful and how loved and how special they are. So last week I asked you to pray about people. Who is it? Who is it that God has put on your heart? Have you come up with any names yet? You know, Jeff does, um, he's actually just finishing up his last few days in a ministry called Halftime. And there he interacts with a lot of people who are trying to figure out kind of their life purpose. But talk a little bit, Jeff, about, um, because when we were thinking about names of people, we didn't really talk so much about, what about the people you work with? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to just share one thing that hit me last week in working with, with a Halftimer and, and coaching him. He had just started a new Bible study. And the leader really wants it to be discipleship-based. And the first thing that he did was he created this really cool environment of just authenticity. So he kind of went first and shared his story. And then everybody went around and shared their story. And it, it, they weren't pretty. But these are guys that are like seemingly polished and had it all together. Mm -hmm. But when they got into a, 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 an environment of authenticity, and so what he said to me is he said, man, People are just broken. Everybody's broken, to your point. Just everybody's broken. People need some help. Mm -hmm. and, and God provides a lifeline through Christ. It's not just getting to heaven. It's certainly that. But it's also how to live life and life abundantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, um, that's the truth, guys. There are so many hurting people. And the thing is, sometimes the people who are hurting most are the ones who put up a front yeah. that they have it all together. Yeah. You know, I've got it's it together. And, and you ask them how they're doing, and they're going to be like, oh, good, good. And you? Yeah, good. But if if you just, again, push past that that exterior, that, that front appearance, you know, and look into their heart and try to get them to open up, you, you most likely, the people that you think, they don't need discipling. Oh, my goodness, they've got it more together than I do. You know, yeah, there was a guy that was uh, doing a men's ministry um, conference once. And I, I remember him saying, um, he said, what you do is you ask your friend, how you doing? And they lie to you and say, I'm doing great. And then you ask him again and they lie again. And they say, yeah, no, it's 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 going OK. And you ask him again. He says it usually takes you about five times to say, no, really, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, you know, now that you bring it up. And, and then you're off to the races to just be supportive to them and help them. 
Yeah, and you know, there's this thing. So we're, I was talking about like how you know I, I didn't talk about if you go to work because a lot of people are feeling like they don't have enough time. Yeah, yeah. And it takes time because like it takes time to go to the third round of how you doing, yeah. how you doing. It's it's not a quick pass by in the hallway type thing, and so. You know, often um, the people that God wants you to reach out to are the people that you're already interacting with. Listen yeah, to this scripture, First Peter 5.2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. And so who is the flock that right now you are watching over? And, you know, the, the thing too is like, it's gonna be, you're gonna have to put some skin in the game. And at the office, it might be a little tricky because you're like, it's not politically correct. Am I allowed to do this? And you know what I feel like we were talking about, I mean, you got a lunch hour. A lot of you have a lunch hour. And, and what about, like for me, food brings people together. Like at our local high school, if they provide a meal, those kids are gonna come run into the old lunch club. You know, <laughs> it's a free meal. If you say, well, what about if I brought lunch? Or what if I treated to this? And yeah, that's gonna cost you some time, some money, some, well, you know, all of that. But there is a point where you put some skin in the game. How else can you use business, your business? Mm -hmm. Not, I'm not saying like the business owner, but someone who's going into an office. Sure. What is that? What do you think are some other suggestions for them? Well, yeah, and that, I, I'm glad you're saying this because most people think, well, if I'm going to disciple, I then need to squeeze something into my current schedule. And you may have to, but I think there are some other more creative ways to just layer it into. So as you're in relationship, if you're, if you're you know, going to the airport with somebody, you got to drop them off, you know, that's a, that's a part of your, um, your business community, to have a conversation there, to start asking the right questions. It could be in different meetings. Hello, Remy. It could be in different meetings. Uh, it could be during coffee in the morning. It could uh, lunch. But it all starts with the right questions to get a sense of really where is this person? Are they interested? And then as you taught in the first and second um, portions of this series, to pray, who are those people? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it could be a lunch club or something like that or just one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. to do lunch. Or, you know, like my, my good friend Don Aikenbrandt in Birmingham, Alabama, his whole, his whole motto on discipleship is do what you love, take people with you. So you like square dancing, take people square dancing. That's Jeff's favorite. He spends <laughs> hours square dancing every day. But, you know, yeah, or it's work or, you know, you get kids that are in baseball. Guy, and also just when, when you're talking about that, the yeah. guy who likes to golf and how he uses that kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. So there's this wonderful guy I met in Orlando, and he came up to me after I gave a little talk about discipleship and figuring out your life purpose. And he says, I figured it out. And I said, all right, what's the deal? And he said, I'd no longer play golf at my own country club. And he said, what I do instead is I get up in the morning, I call a public uh, golf course, and I ask him, hey, just set me up with a threesome, three strangers. And he says, my goal at the end of 18 holes is to have at least one of those three strangers interested in having a cup of coffee later to talk more about Jesus. Yeah, and then from there, that's a way to meet people. Somebody Now you already have something in common with that person. You like to golf. Right. And you know what? You can disciple people while on the golf course. Oh, yeah. And, and again, back to work. What about, I'm just talking, like, you know, if you're trying to squeeze things into your schedule, you have a lunch break, you, in, you, you, you invite somebody, like, hey, what if we have a 15-minute lunch together, and then we go for a walk, 
get some exercise and I can talk to you about Jesus. There's a lady that I know and I just um, saw her on Sunday or Saturday and she was like brought to tears by this because there was a lady whose child is in her preschool class. She teaches preschool. And so they constantly bump into each other and have these conversations. And so she, after, you know, a couple conversations, she said to this lady, you know, she could tell that she was seeking and searching for more in her life. Mm -hmm. And she just said to her, you know what? What I found is some of the best and greatest advice on how to live is in the Bible. You know, this summer, if you would like to, I'd be happy to sit and, you know, go through the book of um, Philippians or I forget what book she mentioned, you know, with you, we could meet. Well, the woman started to cry and she said, I can't believe that you would care that much about me, that you would give up some of your time in the summer. Mm. You know, that makes an impact on people. So just don't be afraid. I mean, we're really, right? Our goal is to live like Jesus. And there's a couple, just listen to this, uh, this scripture. I mean, it's a short one, but it says, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Mm. And that one is, let's see, Luke 19, 10. And then just as, as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Matthew 20, 28. Jesus came here to seek and save and rescue that through is us yeah yeah <laughs> through us and he we, first he showed us how and yeah. when he was here living and then he said okay now I, I'm, I'm showing you how i've left you my bible i've showed you in person now you go and seek and save the lost and you know what yeah your life may be a ransom like you're giving up part of your life like we talked about initially that discipling is there's a cost you know pick up your cross and so um you know it's hard yeah. it, when, when we're serving you know, one of the things I think about the, the the people that want to help others by discipling, and the people that want discipleship, they're they're on both sides of the equation. And and sometimes they don't phrase it as discipleship. It might be mentorship, companionship, friendship, fellowship, fellowship mm -hmm. whatever you want. But it, it, to me, it's it's almost like two awkward kids at a junior high dance. <laughs> like one person wants help, and the other one wants to offer help, and it's like just somebody finally asked somebody, yeah. you know. And just get that that those first words out, like like that woman, what she says, just hey, you know, you want to spend some time going through Philippians together. Yeah. Just get those words out. I think you'll be respond. You'll be surprised at how people respond. I know. I think sometimes we want to create like a website, like kind of like a matchmaking website, yeah. but it's like one liners. Yeah, like Pick mentors, mentors, and <laughs> you know, if you're looking for someone, put in your qualifications, <laughs> and we'll match you with yours. But it is really important, guys, to try to find someone locally, and when possible, when you're going to meet with them to meet face to face. There's something important about that. Mm. Sitting at a table or sitting together and really um, just you know, talking it out. Mm -hmm. And here's a challenge here is we can make discipleship all about us because it, I know it's really hard when we're out doing things for God and doing things, you know, that are Christian to not like brag about it. And I just want to share there's like, so when you're going through this, um, there's a scripture. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So remember, I've talked to you a lot about this has to be from a point of love. This can't be about you. This is, has to be, I mean, you will benefit, but it has to be about God. Whose glory are you doing this for? Why do you want to do this? And just check in with your own heart. Am I doing this because I want to be able to tell people, look what I've done? Or are you doing it because out of straight up love? 
Like, I just love people and I love God and I just want everybody to love God. And that's, you know, what I'm doing here. So really, I, I just want to challenge you to check your heart on that. And um, this book that I'm reading, I have it right back there called Everybody Always. I've been talking mm -hmm. about it by Bob Goff. Jeff thinks I have a crush on Bob Goff. Kind of do. do. <laughs> kind of do. But um, it says, uh, he Bob's, Bob says, when we keep track of the good we've done or love people with a, an agenda, it's no longer love. Yeah. You know, if we're keeping track of it, we're trying to get credit for it. And the other thing is, don't be discouraged. Don't, because this isn't about you. I mean, if, if you're the one who's making things happen, you might start to question yourself, am I doing this wrong or what? But really, you go out, you love and serve people the very, very best you can, and you put those results in God's hands, mm -hmm. and you trust Him. And, you know, we were talking about just... Um, how many people there are who really need this so from your love you see someone who's hurting you have the answer you have something to help mm. them and jeff you know has interacted with so many people who are hurting C can you share a little bit i know the crucible this is a, a ministry that he has attended and l helped lead um on a weekend mm -hmm. but on a very high level yeah, what's yeah. like what happens yeah I think the big thing is there are people out there that are hurting um, and, and they're, they're seeking answers, but they're afraid to show weakness. They're afraid to show confusion. And so they pose. Mm -hmm. So they pretend like they've got it all going on. And so many of them have um, basically uh, sort of a, a self-worth issue. Like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm so bad or I'm so confused or I'm so stupid or what I did 30 years ago or what happened to me 20 years ago makes me unworthy of being loved. And so they, they've got this messed up theology around who God is and how God really sees them. And, mm -hmm. and so what happens is, though, if you can create an environment where people can share their own anger, their own fear, their own shame, their own guilt then they open up and then there's an opportunity to then be healing towards them what are some ways that help people to open up i i think authenticity begets authenticity you start with your own story if you if you put yourself in a position in a discipleship relationship where you're all of a sudden miss bible answer person or mr bible man you're just never, you're going to get in theological arguments. So you just share your own life story. It, it's kind of like the, it, it's kind of like the, um, the guy who Jesus healed his eyes. He says, I don't know. All I can tell you, I once was blind, but now I can see. And it's like, you, you can't argue with yeah, that. Yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I was blind and now I see. <laughs> exactly. So I think just starting there is the first place and that'll open them up. And then to be able to, to then be able to steer them a little bit towards the Bible. Again, you don't have to be like a trained theologian, but to say, listen, you know, here are some of the principles and here are some of the verses that have meant a lot to me that have shaped my thinking around me and how I see the world and relationships and work and friendships, whatever. Just keep sharing your story and then start asking questions like what's going on in your life? You know, what what do you want more of? What do you want less of your in your life? Have you have you given God a shot? Have you ever, you know, uh, read the Bible and experimented a little bit with some of those principles in your life? And if 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 you're curious, I'd be happy to help you figure it out. Yeah, we watched a movie last night. Um, what was it called? The Heart of the Man. The Heart of Man. The Heart of Man. It's not for kids. Let me just say that right up front. It's not for kids, but it talked about 
um, a lot of Christians opened up and were very vulnerable in sharing their story of hurt beyond anything. Like it was unbelievable. But the beauty of Jesus and how he came in, not initially, it's a, they're talking some long, long history, long um, years and years of just stuck in sin but how when finally they allowed Jesus to to kind of heal him and free him what happened and it, it's a story if um if you're up for something pretty heavy it's on Netflix is where we yeah, watch it but the it's heart the of heart man. of man and it's it's pretty pretty intense there the, the 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 big part about discipleship and the healing part it's not it's not like a verse is going to heal a person what's going to happen is it's a human being with the holy spirit in them is going to heal another person yeah. by loving them, by not judging them, by not trying to steer them or teach them. They're just we're we're both broken people on a journey trying to figure it out together. And mm -hmm. I think I think if you have that mentality where don't put yourself in a position where you have to be the expert. Uh, put yourself in as I'm a broken fellow journeyer. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing, there's this, this um, book called The Voice of the Heart, and it's by Chip Dodd. And he has a he had a section in that book that just grabbed my attention when I first read it. And he is dealing with a man who is hurting, but I mean, really hurting. He had attempted suicide. But I think what he says to this man is so important for us to let someone know when we come alongside him. This was the, the quote. He says, I remember telling him, there is no farther to fall. You're in the bottom of the pit. I promised him that there was a ladder that reached from the bottom of where he lay in the darkness all the way back to the surface of life. I told him that when he was ready to take a step, I would take a step. When he was ready to walk, I would walk. When he was ready to run, I would run. I also told him that any time he needed to come back to the bottom of the pit and sit in hopelessness or rest in grief, that I would watch over him. Most important, I promised him that he would quit before I would quit because I wasn't going to quit. Mm. And I just think those are such powerful words, like coming alongside someone and just let, like, I'm here for the long haul. You are not a burden to me. I'm right now discipling somebody and she's always like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm like, stop it. Like I am doing this because I want to. I want to be in your life right now. I want to be walking alongside of you. You are not a burden to me. This is what I'm, you know, it's what we're created to do. It's life on life. It, it is. It's, it, I mean, if you think you're going to get together, oh, after 10, after 10 cups of coffee over the course of X number of months, I'll have this person fixed mm -hmm. and they'll be a perfect little Christian. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure. This is messy life on life with people who start to get some traction and then just like us, they backslide. And you just gotta have, it's this really cool balance between you gotta give them grace, mm -hmm. but then there's time where it's like, come on now, come on now, let, let's go. We've been, we've been working on this, we've been talking about this, let's move on. And so you just gotta go with the Holy Spirit. When do you give them grace and when do you give them a kick in the butt yeah. and, and move them along? And, and you can't figure that out on your own. You gotta be in tune with the Holy Spirit to know when to push and when to back off. I, I love uh, Francis Chan in the book Multiply. He had this section in there that I just loved. He says, you know, often we just don't wanna get involved because you know what? We have enough problems of our own. <laughs> I don't have time for other people's problems. I got enough. I don't need more junk in my life it's messy to get involved in someone else's life. But he says, God calls us to help other people. 
He created us to function this way. Your problems are not just your problems. Ultimately, they belong to the church body that God has placed you in. You are called to encourage, challenge, and help the other Christians in your life, and they are called to do the same for you. If you wait until all of your issues are gone before helping others, it will never happen. I read this before. It is a trap that millions have fallen into, not realizing that our own sanctification happens as we minister to others. Mm, But I also want to add, this stuff that we're talking about, it's it's not for only the church. If all we do is reach out to those already in the church, we're going to have an unhealthy church. We are called to go out and reach outside. So you might be called to disciple someone who's already got a faith, already in church, but I also think we are about reaching out past that. You know, one thing you're saying about it, I got enough problems of my own, you mm-hmm. know. Paul says that we are to carry one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, but my burden's light. So think about this. Yeah. You can carry somebody else's burden, but if you're letting God's love and Jesus' teaching and the Holy Spirit help you carry that burden, it's not hard. He's got a bigger plan you you can carry other people's burdens and cast it down at Jesus' feet. He'll pick it up for you. I'm not talking sitting there and getting lazy and expecting some thing. I'm just saying, don't try to carry this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just journey with the person and keep pointing them back to Christ. Keep pointing. This is one thing a guy that had done a lot of discipleship over the years. He said to me one time, he said, Jeff, if you try to change people, you're going to drive yourself and them crazy. Just keep coming up with fun and creative ideas to point them back to Jesus. Yeah. That's all it all that's all it really is. Just so keep true. pointing them back to Jesus in fun and creative ways. Yeah. I and here's the last thing guys before we get into some real real practical stuff here. Um when you were just talking about that what struck me was in Colossians 1 and I want to say it's like 27 and 28. I love what Paul says there. First of all, he says, everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Jesus. I mean, you just got to love his like, this is what I do. Everywhere I go, I tell everyone about Jesus. But then he says, I work very hard at this as I rely on God's spirit to guide me. And so guys, when it comes to this discipling, you have a role to play so that, you know, you are doing things. You're, you're researching, you're praying, you're, you're doing things but then you rely on the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of that, that combination. Mm-hmm. So now we're gonna get practical. All right, I asked Jeff to first mm-hmm. start off with talking about like, all right, how often should we meet? You know, that kind of, it's like, start with just that, because that's kind of a question people say. Well, how often should we get together? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, at least I would say once a week is mm-hmm. kind of like a decent rhythm. And I think it's realistic with most people's uh, calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it helps to have maybe it's more than just one person. Sometimes three of you, you know, there's there's some energy that gets created if you've got a couple of other people in there. So you're discipling more than one person, yeah. which is the thing. All right. So yeah, yeah talk more about the difference. Like, you know, getting a group would. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Again, you don't have to like assemble a class. It's just a couple of people, two or three people. Let's get together and let's let's talk and let's you know look at our lives through the lens of scripture and let's just kind of explore it and see what we learn together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that have been doing discipleship for a long time and they think the best number is four, one person coaching four. They're mm-hmm. just you know, but but I wouldn't put your pressure on you know you got to go recruit those people, but. But you could do that, and there is a certain amount of energy that comes from extra people. But I'd say once a week, 
once every two weeks works as well. You got to be realistic with people's yeah. schedules. Yeah, and sometimes you know, like my one of the girls that I meet with, we try for once a week, but like she's on vacation or things yeah. happen, and so then we push it to every two weeks or we'll. But one of the things that I think is important though is during that process to check in with them. Like I mean, a a quick text out. I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Don't forget about that scripture we talked about, or how's this going, or let me know. You know, following up, letting them know that you're really in, invested. But you know, as far as actually face-to-face, -face. And, and again, you could do someone who's not in your geographic area, but I seriously recommend doing like a Skype or a FaceTime video call because there's something about looking at each other, mm. you know, when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, cool. So what about, all right, how about the Bible? How is that, what do you think is yeah. the best way to really use that? Because guys, when it comes to discipling, you can't, I mean, we're going to talk about different resources you can use, but of course, one of them is the Bible, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so talk about that. Well, I do think for somebody that's really new, start in the New Testament. People do get wrapped around the axle sometimes mm -hmm. of the Old Testament. And um, so I, I would start, start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, and pick one of those. My, Luke, you're going to say Luke? Well, I think Luke, is, I think Luke is at the more of the historical, practical mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Matthew's got sort of Jesus's social gospel. John is all about sort of the spiritual dimension and the mystery. But I think Luke is just a good place to start with sort of the historical, practical, plus Jesus's teaching. Yeah, I think too, you know, it's funny when someone first, you know, gets started, Matthew's great, but it does start off at the very beginning with all this genealogy. And yeah, John, one. yeah, and that's, and someone might kind of go, oh, this is a little too much. You know, Luke starts off almost with a story that they're going to know. It's kind of about Mary and she's pregnant. And, you know, that, so that's right near the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then John starts off, and I'm not, it's not like I'm criticizing the Bible here, <laughs> you know, but John starts off about in the beginning, there was the word, the word became flesh. <laughs> that can sound a little odd. So I just mean like starting off for someone who's mm -hmm. really new, mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think that's why I think yeah. Luke. I think Luke and also mix up your your uh, versions you know you could do you know um, I like the NLT a lot of people seem to be fans of the ESV the message as well is sort of a thought for thought translation um, and so I encourage people to kind of you know go back and forth and and use version or biblegateway.com and just google those those are great resources for getting in the bible yeah, and we talked also that uh, definitely recommend that you, if you don't have this, get this. And especially if you're going to be discipling someone to suggest if they're buying a Bible, that they get a study Bible. Yeah. <laughs> study Bible has the verses mm -hmm. and then has a description. I love my study Bible. And I can't tell you um, how many people have either seen me with the Bible or I've talked to about it. And they're like, that looks really cool. And then you just go buy them one. I mean, if they need one or you yeah. can suggest... I send links out of the Bible. Here's the Bible that I would recommend. And again, looking at the, um, you know, something that's a little bit easier to read, like the New International Version, the New um, Living New Translation. Translation. Um, those are some really great ones and a study Bible. So starting off with a, a study Bible kind of sets you up for a little bit more success. I just said yeah. to Jeff the other day, I was reading Zechariah and I'm like, I wouldn't understand a single thing that was going on here <laughs> if I didn't have my study Bible. Mm -hmm. And then talk about like... Um, when what when you get together what happens like how many chapters what do you talk about yeah i think you know a chapter a week i mean that's a lot of meat that's a lot of meat to go through that um at the most um you know another way to to break it up is to do maybe if you every two weeks to do three chapters mm -hmm. um, yeah. every two weeks is another way to to uh, break it out 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I just think you could you could go through and as you're as you're getting prepared to read and you come back to say, you know, identify the verses that really stand out that either mean something to you or have a big question about. Let's try to figure it out together. You know, how, what's that thing called like Bible 101 or what's that thing we were doing in Spain? Something 101. Church 101. And how, what did they say about reading the Bible? Then you stop and. Yeah, you just read. And when something just sort of hits your heart or hits your brain or hits your gut, you know, wherever it is for you, where you feel the Holy Spirit, just make note of that and journal a little bit. Just get a little notebook and journal down what's going on. Yeah, it's really cool to do that. So when you're meeting with someone, so you're going to meet, let's say if you're meeting once a week, like Jeff said, one chapter of meeting every two weeks, maybe it's two chapters. You can adjust that depending on how long the chapters are, but you don't want to try to go through 10 chapters in a week. You know, you don't want to overwhelm them. And then really to recommend like, hey, let's read it and let's just get together and talk about Mm -hmm. what stood out. And then you can go ahead and say also, do you have any questions? Like, mm-hmm. what are your questions? And if you don't know the answer, don't feel bad. Say, let's look at it this together. Yeah. Or who can we call? You know, who can we talk to who might know that answer for, you know, the other Or what us? websites? You know, you and I both like got questions.org. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I just trust their theology and you just type in the question and it, it pops up. Yeah, so it's gotquestions.org. Okay, yeah, gotquestions.org. And then one last thing about the Bible, because we... This is the important part. I mean, so here's the thing. This was a big transformation, a big shift for me. When somebody said, Jeff, you're reading the Bible for information. You need to shift gears. You need to start reading the Bible for transformation. So that's to say, okay, great. So now we understand the context. We understand the language. We understand what the writer was saying. But what does it mean for me in my life? Mm-hmm. What? How do I apply this? Like, what do I need? This is this is the whole word repent. To repent, like when somebody's pensive, they're being thoughtful. Repent to rethink. So, how do I rethink my life? And as I look at these truths, and how, what does it really mean? What do I have to think or do differently as a result of what we just talked about? Yeah, like, okay, this verse stood out to you. Now, how does that affect your life? This verse, and it's, you know, going through what are the things that stand out to you? And then how do I have to think or act differently or live differently and all of that? Because the danger is you get all this Bible information, but you're not really letting it change you. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not experimenting with, by applying the truth of how God has revealed we should live to your life. And so you're just constantly in this head thing. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the miracles don't happen until you start putting it into action. Yeah. So, again, you meet with someone, you sit down, you've already set it up, what mm-hmm. you're going to be reading. You've read it, they've read it, mm-hmm. and then you get together. And it's you yep. can do that really with any book in the Bible. But, again, definitely Jeff and I both were talking like, you know, something Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Definitely Luke is what I would say would be the best one. I think Matthew is good too if you can get him through the first chapter. Yeah, it, just start him off telling him. Yeah, yeah. Hang in there. Yeah, yeah. There, there is. It's there for a reason. And it's important, but you know what? We can just kind of skip through the chapter one. Um, so probably nothing's going to jump out at you, and your life's going to be differently because one of those first things in Matthew. But you know, as soon as you get past that, there's tons of great stuff in Matthew. Um, so another thing, guys, and, and we're going to now talk to you about some books that you can use to disciple. And you might be like, well, that's interesting. It's the book you wrote and the book mm-hmm. I wrote. But here's the deal. <laughs> Those are the books we know the best. And yeah. in our hearts, when we were writing them, we were thinking about this, at least partially. 
as a way to use it as a tool to reach out and to help and and, and to disciple, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's it's set up that way. So Jeff's got his um, book here, The Joy Model, and you can get this book on the website. You can get it on Amazon, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, it's The Joy Model. And so it's laid out in such a great way to disciple people because, well, you know, the one thing is, who doesn't want more joy? And what's the tagline to it? Yeah, a step-by-step -step guide to peace, purpose, and balance. I mean, there's not yeah. many people are gonna be like, hey, no, don't want joy, don't want peace, purpose, none of that stuff. Yeah. It's a good one to draw people in. And Jeff's also real vulnerable and open in some of our stories in there. So it's a great book to sit with someone and kind of, it's almost like they put their guard down when they hear about some of our stories and yeah, stuff. That's... But talk very practical. Yeah. You ask someone, do you want to do a study? Take it from there, like that yeah. kind of thing. So what I, I would recommend is uh, before you get together for your, if they say yes, mm -hmm. say, let's do this book and let's let's read chapters one through four. And it's a pretty quick read. I have a lot of people said, I, I read that book in two touches. So it's mm -hmm. pretty quick. So read one through four and let's just get together because that frames up the big picture. And then there's just questions and exercises and topics and, and sort of like with, with the Bible, just tell them, hey, underline the stuff that stands out for you. And then let's come back and talk about it. Like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the first step. So your first gathering would, and, and we've had a lot of book groups around the country do use this. Yeah, and, a lot of people um, here in Evergreen have, you know, bought them like people that we don't even know that will have been doing it because they know that Jeff wrote it. Yeah. Uh, one thing, tell them about how you're going to learn in the first four chapters about being and doing, just so they have that in their mind and they can start to say, oh, wow, how valuable that would be for people. Yeah, so, so the way it's set out is, is there's really two pathways to joy. One is your being. Who is God creating you to be? Who are you? Um, how has God designed you? And that is all about your relationship with God through Christ and the Holy Spirit. So there's a bunch of being stuff. And then how do you grow in that? But then there's the doing stuff, like the practical stuff. Like, how do I start um, thinking about my time? How do I start thinking about my talent, my treasure? my temple, my physical body, mm -hmm. um, and my, my, um, my tribe, my friendship. So it's a combination of sort of spiritual that's really basic and then just super practical. How do I live my life? Yeah. And so balancing between the being and doing is a good you know, frame up for the rest of the book. And think about it. In order to really st get someone to help kind of move forward and, and living differently, they have to understand who they are as an image bearer of God. Yep. You know, they are an image bearer of God and that he loves them. And that's all the stuff that's going to be covered right at the very beginning. And that opens and frees them. Kind of like my friend Sharon said, once you understand that you're loved and all mm -hmm. this, you start to, you can then start to live differently. Okay, so then what about the next time you get together? After so then I'd say, for, you know, then you go, so that's chapters one through four. I'd say for each of your next gatherings, like say you're going on a weekly basis, I would just read chapter five and meet, chapter six and meet, mm -hmm. and go all the way through chapter 10. Uh, if you're doing every two weeks, and I would say maybe do five and six and then meet, mm -hmm. seven and eight, then meet, nine and 10 and then meet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that would be a, a good rhythm. And each of those um, subsequent, after the first gathering through chapters one through four, now you're starting to drill down a little bit more. There's questions, there's good questions, and there's some exercises. And just commit that you'll both do it. This is kind of what you were saying earlier. The, one of the coolest blessings of discipleship is you get to grow. 
It's fun. You'll learn more about yourself and about God and stuff that you may think that you've already covered 20 years ago. You know how it is. God just illuminates it in a whole different angle. And uh, so commit to doing what you're asking somebody else to do. It's the old saying, you can't take somebody where you haven't been yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of a rhythm with this book can be really helpful for somebody. And I'm thinking that that would then be like an eight-week study if you figure you meet the first time on four, four yeah. and then the next, that's seven. And then probably one again to say, Let, let's just meet one last time and kind of talk about really what's our walk away. What are we doing? You know, yeah. when she's for one last time on this book. Yeah. yeah, but that, but we're looking at this could be a year or 10 year relationship. You but, know. but again, you know, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking, it might be a way that you're not saying to someone, I want to disciple you the rest of your life. Like, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? If you have it, like, hey, let's do this for eight weeks. Yeah. And then we can rethink it and see, maybe we'll want to do, point. you know what, well, let's do another book. Because it might be that it's, you know, they, they have that, they're more likely maybe to commit when they say, okay, this is for eight weeks. And then yeah. maybe. You might freak them out if you're like, I want to be your lifelong friend. They're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to grow old with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like, that's Although a I want to grow point. old with you. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <huh? laughs> So, you know, it's a good thing to like say, hey, you want to do this book? I mean, a lot of people do book clubs. What about if at your book club, even if they're not all Christian, to say, hey, what about doing this book called The Joy Model? I mean, who doesn't want more joy? Yeah. And, and then it's like you're sitting with this group and, you know, it is a starting place. And then it might be that some of them break off and you just disciple them. You know, who knows? Yep. So, yep. but that's, I mean, The that's Joy true. Model is a, 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 a perfect book for something this because it's so accept it. Like people all say, yeah, yeah, joy, you know, it's not called like, all, it doesn't say like, you know, live like Jesus or die or whatever. It's like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of accepting. Yeah. Um, and then this one right here, some of you have seen it. This is the reignite book. And, um, it is really set up guys as a super easy way to lead other Good people. Yeah. And maybe some of you did the reignite live with me online that we did, um, I think back in January. And this is set up where it is as easy can be to, to lead people because I, I want it to be that you could one meet with just one person and do it, or you could do it in a group setting. And so I have exercise videos that go along with each week. So as a, as a leader, let's just first, I'll start off saying if you're doing it as a, maybe it's a group study at your church and you get together with four or five other people and you get together and you work out together. And then you can even put in my video, I have like some really short six to 10 minute videos that can explain a little bit more about what they've just read. And then all you need to do is really ask them the questions. There's questions in there that get people thinking or the same process of saying, underline anything you see that jumps out at you, anything you're challenged with and let's talk about that. So you can do it that way. And again, this is a way to get something maybe kickstarted into even more discipleship. This isn't an end, but again, it's great when you can say to someone, hey, this is a 12-week process. Yeah. We're going to get physically. That physical part is often what will draw people in who wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with, let me disciple you. You don't have to use that word yeah. discipling you or yeah. mentoring you. Well, it's, it's like, Don, do what you love and take people with you. You just find anything that organizes your time together. Yeah, and so you get together, and again, you do the workout. None of the workouts included with Reignite use weights or odd equipment. All we use are the exercise bands, the fitness loops, and the mini balls. They break it down until you can stick it in your purse. So people don't have to carry a lot if they come to your house. You know, you might even want to, it's up to you. You could buy the books and buy some extra equipment and do it in your home. 
You can also do this one-on-one. -on -one. And I have some um, instructional video even on how to kind of lead this. So there's more details on how to go through it. And so it's a great place to start. Um, and we have physical and spiritual fitness topics. And what's so cool about the way it's set up is all of the spiritual can be tied into fitness. You know, I'll talk about, say, for instance, um, what's the real challenge? And I, what I say is the real challenge is, is Satan. He's the one who's trying mm. to take us down. That ties in to your journey to physical health because the last thing Satan wants is for any of us to be physically healthy. But it also can be a whole conversation that can open up the door for all these other things. So although it's physical, spiritual health, that spiritual side, really the questions, oh my goodness, can open up. Like we have one section that's a, a health wheel and they shade in, how are you doing in all these different parts of your life? Well, someone might take their relationship one and barely cover it. And you could say to them, well, tell me what's going on here. You know, my husband and I are just falling apart. Well, you know, let's talk about that. And then what does the Bible have to say? Can I pray for you on that one? So mm -hmm. all of these things are just ways to get into life on life with others. Mm -hmm. So, um, and as we're finishing and talking here, guys, if you have any questions, you can, one, if you're doing watching this live, go ahead, chat them on into us. And if not, um, you can email. Mine's Michelle at faithfulworkouts.com. And Jeff's is? Jeff at thewaytolife.org. And the two is the number two, the way to life. The way to life. Would you take a minute and tell just briefly what you're, what you're doing, your new yeah. ministry? So Jeff, as I mentioned, he's leaving Halftime, and we loved Halftime. It was an amazing mm -hmm. ministry, That's but great. you know, Jeff just felt called to something different. And if you know somebody in Colorado, because this is just kind of local in the Denver area, that would be interested in what he's going to tell you about, send him an email. Yeah, I just, I, I just felt God calling me back to get focused on a couple of things, more pure discipleship as opposed to a program or teaching. So mm -hmm. real life on life over time with smaller groups. And for, for right now, God's just saying with men. So it, it, right now it's just guys. One of the things we talked about with the brokenness and the healing, I think, I think having same sex groups makes it a little bit easier for people to mm -hmm. be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's just, somebody that lives within an hour of here. I really believe if Jesus came back now, even with all of our technology and all of our transportation capabilities globally, he still just would have discipled 12 guys nearby. And yeah. I just want to get back to that. So if you know anybody that lives in Denver that, that wants to be a part of a small community in groups of eight to 12, um, we'd love to have them join us. Yeah, they're going to be doing some really cool things. And what I love is, although it's all men, you know, my, I love to cook. You bet you didn't know that, huh? Mm -mm. I love to cook. So I'm like, you know, to me, like so much life happens around a table. Mm -hmm. And I love that I'm going to be able to prepare meals and cook. And they can sit down and then I can sneak away and they can have their conversations. But, you know, we're just um, really planning on opening up our home. We put a tent down on our land just so we could um, bring people into a beautiful setting in the mountains and go deep and go real um, with people. 
And you know, it's interesting when you, when you were talking about this, just made me think of a story where I was sitting with a group of women that none of us really knew each other, but we were going to be spending for the most part a weekend together. And I just said to him, I go, here's the deal guys. We can, you know, all sit in this. And I was kind of a leader. So I had to earn the right to, I guess, say this, but I said, you know, we can sit here around this table over the weekend and we can keep our masks on and act like we all have it together. But here's what I'm going to suggest. What if we take off our mask and we really, we're just real and we help each other? Mm. About a half hour later, I was like, put the mask on. Come on, let's get the mask on. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was a lot, but oh my goodness, you could see they're just really like, they were thinking to me like, I can share, I can say this. And I'm like, bring yeah. it. Yeah. And just stories. giving them permission to be real. And one of the things I want to be um, kind of conscious of our time here is we have a, um, a couple books that we're suggesting mm. that other than, believe it or not, there are books other than ours. <laughs> They're not, it's good. It's only the Bible and our books, you know, the three best <laughs> authors <laughs> now that you can use. So we've got a couple listed here. Yeah, um, good ones. Which is your favorite, Jeff? Well, I like The Life You've Always Wanted by John Artberg because he's just so practical and he's funny and he just kind of simplifies things. It's an easy read. But it's actually pretty deep. So yeah. I, I, I like that one. And that's kind of like an all-around life one. I mean, they have, you know, just things called celebration. And I just yeah. remember um, a, a people pleasers and, and different high things. Level. It's kind of like the joy model in terms of high level. And then you can drill down as much as you want in different parts. Mm -hmm. I just like it. It's a good one. Who is the ragamuffin gospel best for? Well, so the ragamuffin gospel is the best for the person who's kind of been burned in the church in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I did that. And then, you know, hypocrites or this and that um, to just really help them understand grace. It is the best book, I think, on understanding grace that gets, gives people who've been burned an opportunity to, to actually open up their heart and say, I'll give this another shot. So I think that's good for that person. Yeah, it's, um, it's, an, it's an amazing one. What about, I added to this list, Jeff, the book, um, 25, it's a book called 25 Books. Is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah, 25 Books. So I, that would be, I think, a little bit more for the person that really wants to dig into uh, they might be a little bit more intellectual, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And so so you take these like classic 25 books that actually are kind of hard to read, but this book simplifies them. And they're like, you know, 20 pages synopsis of a, of a really cool book by the, the ancient Christian authors, the, all the famous ones. So that's kind of a cool book as well. Yeah, and then we have down there The Case for Christ. Maybe some of you have heard of that book because it became a movie and everything. If you have someone who's just skeptical about, like, how does this tie into science and how could this be, like, prove to me in a way, like, they want to be, like, they're saying, prove to me the Bible like, is real. Yeah. And so it's more of a scientific or yeah, apologetics, apologetics type yeah. approach. Yeah, and it's very readable. Yeah. And then what else? We have one more. We've got Francis Chan and Multiply. That's yeah. That's definitely, I mean, that is set up for like just discipling someone yeah. and all that. So um, anyway, I'm going to just look and see if you guys did chat in any questions uh, here. Good question. Nope, I'm not seeing any. Um, any. Sure, I can hold it. Okay, why don't you take that for a second. Let me all just right. kind of refresh the page and see if there's any questions. Um, I found it interesting. I was with my daughter last week. I think some of you know I was in North Carolina and we were doing some um, filming over there. And I was talking to her about just um, this disciple, what you know, doing this teaching and uh, discipleship. And I said, Denica, 23, what would be your advice or what would you think people need to hear when it comes to discipleship? And I just love her heart and what she shared. 
She said, here's what I'm just going to read part of what she told me. She says, Mom, we need to take away their fears about how large this is and what it means. The, you know, to hear disciple is going to freak people out. Like, mm. you have to make them understand it's just life on life. And so kind of what we've been doing. Yeah. And then... Um, she said, she, she and her um, husband, Avery, Avery is my co-host on The Fresh Table. They work in a coffee shop right now. And, you know, she said, sitting over a cup of coffee or a meal and just listening. People want to be heard. And that's such a valuable thing to just sit and listen to them. People want to know that you love them. Mm-hmm. When they know that they can trust you and you're there for them, that you love them, they'll open up. She said, Check in is con- checking in consistently. Yeah. It's that little bit of a touch point that she thinks is so important. So you sit down, you have your big discussions, but again, a quick call, a text, you send them a card, whatever, just letting them know that you're thinking about them. Let them know you're not a burden. So you can see a lot of things that I talked about are mm-hmm. because of my daughter, Danica. You don't have an agenda. You start with your own testimony. Start with your story, she said, because no one can dispute this. Your story is beautiful and grand enough, even if you are still a work in progress, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, Good for Danica. I know. I love that she said <laughs> that because she one time told me, she goes, Mom, you know, I grew up with faith. I don't have stories like you and Dad are being changed by it. And I said, Danica, that story, it's beautiful what it is. Yeah. You know, no matter what your story is, it's a beautiful story. And in, 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 uh, your story is so important because if you're too polished, nobody's going to like you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, nobody trusts anybody. It's got it all figured out. It's like, yeah, I got, I'm like a step ahead of you maybe. And that's mm-hmm. about it. And so if you can just offer that to somebody is I, I've got maybe a, a half a step or a full step ahead of you, but let's just dig into this and I'm going to share like all my mess ups and, and, uh, we'll just figure it out together. It's, it's companionship more than it is, you know, teacher pupil. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to kind of put Jeff on the spot for a second here. Oh, boy. Last words, if you remember me talking, Jesus' mm. last words before I went up were, you know, um, I've been given the authority to do this and to say this to you, go and make disciples, mm. baptize them, teach them to be all I have commanded, and, you know, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Those last words were important. So yeah. as we're doing this discipleship talk, yeah, what are the last words you personally would like to leave them with? Mm. Okay. Love people, don't try to change them. Um, go on the journey with them. Don't pretend to be the director of their life. Um, take the pressure off of you to get the results. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit will flow through you. The Holy Spirit is in the word of God. It'll flow through scripture. It's the Holy Spirit that changes people. You're just being, you're just cooperating with the spirit in that. So I think that would be the thing. So um, what did I say? Don't love. try to change them, love them. Yeah. Um, don't carry the burden. Don't try to teach them. Yeah, you're not directing. Yeah. I was looking for this and I just saw it. Oh, there it is. that book go? Um, I have just two last things, guys, to leave you with. I wanted to read you a little something um, from Bob Goff's book here. It just says here, Loving each other is what we were meant to do and how we were made to roll. Mm -hmm. It's not where we start when we begin following Jesus. It's the beautiful path we travel the rest of our lives. Will it be messy and ambiguous and uncomfortable when we love people the way Jesus said to love them? You bet it will. Mm -hmm. Will Will we be misunderstood? Constantly. 
but extravagant love often means coloring outside the lines and going beyond the norms. Loving the neighbors we don't understand takes work and humility and patience and guts. It means leaving the security of our easy relationships to engage in some tremendously awkward ones. <laughs> it's awkward to say, hey, what about if you and I sit and do this? Just do it. Do it anyway. Okay? So that's one of the things. And then just this last thing, I wanted to give you some things specifically to be praying about. And I just wrote them down. Um, mm -hmm. Spend time praying that God will make you into a committed and effective disciple maker. Yeah. Pray for it. Ask. Yeah. You don't. You have not because you ask not. Ask him to give you this heart for disciple making that's about to burst because you love people so much and you really believe they need Jesus. When you see someone hurting, you can't help but tell them about Jesus. All right, so pray for that. Confess to him. Repent, right? Confess this. Say, God, I am not equipped to do this. I have insecurities. I have issues. I have problems. Help me to step out anyway. Don't let me be afraid. God, pray. I want, I'm praying right now that you're not going to let Satan's lies come into me. Protect me. Put on my, I want to put on the armor of God, God, because I want to hear your voice over the lies of Satan. And I know that the only way to do this is for me to get up every single day and do what Ephesians 6 talks about in putting on the armor of God. He's calling you to do this. Ask him to lead you to the right people to partner with. You need someone, guys, to come alongside mm. you. I'm not talking about the person you're discipling, but someone like this might not be your spouse, but maybe it's another friend or somebody in your church. Maybe it's a leader, someone you can go to to say, hey, I'm struggling. I don't know how to move forward with this. Or, you know, I just need to just someone to help me to figure mm -hmm. out how to best, you know, move forward in this situation. So pray that there's someone not only for you to disciple, but someone who can come alongside you and be your person who can encourage you a little bit and support totally. you. Yeah. And then pray that God will give you the proper motivation Make this be about love, God. If I start to start to pack my own back, if I do this for my glory, God, you convict me. You tell me. You let me know that I want to keep this always about you. And then also, my last thing is just pray that you will learn and love God more and you'll understood how loved you are. I mean, we talk love so much during this, but I want you to just pray, God, let me feel and experience more of your love because the only way that I'm be able to go out and do this and keep my eyes on heaven is to feel your love and you fill me up so that I can go. Yeah. It's that from then love. it comes easy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, guys. Pray. Pray and love. Mm -hmm. You don't got it all together and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good. So thanks so much. I think that's it. If you do have any other questions, guys, I'll keep this chat open for just a little bit. Or again, you can email me, Michelle at FaithfulWorkouts.com, or you can email Jeff at... Jeff at thewaytolife.org. And the two is the number two, the way to life. All right. Cool, guys. All right. Thanks. See ya. Thank you.